podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's the recipe for surprising the kids, treating yourself, and ditching dish duty? Ordering your Pizza Hut faves like original pan, original stuffed crust, and more. Order now at PizzaHut.com. No one out pizzas the hut. Prices and participation vary. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Evening, it is the club. It's brought to you by the Pitchball Football Fan App, giving the fans a voice. Get your free download on the App Store and Google Play Store. Um, obviously, again tonight, it's a, a, a remote session for the club. Um, I've got with me Ray here. I've got uh, Andy. How are you doing, Andy? Oh, good. Excellent. Um, we've got Phil. How are you doing, Phil? Super, mate. Super. <coughs> And we've got Gav. How's it going, Gav? I'm great. I'm absolutely brilliant. Excellent, excellent. Right, obviously, um, we are um, 11 days since, amazingly, um, we had a football match um, at Anfield. Um, and 11 days later, we've effectively seen the UK go into lockdown. That's how quick this thing um, is um, is moving. Um, so Lord knows where we'll be in another 11 days time. So tonight um, we will talk a bit about um, the new norm, which is social distancing. Um, we'll have a little chat about some of our experiences um, here in Ireland and, and how they've looked to be going down in the UK. Um, we'll also um, have a little chat around some things LFC, given that it's a Uh, Liverpool podcast <laughs> at the end of the day um, and we'll also um, have a little uh, few questions in and around well sport in general because I think Phil's decided um, sport's not for him anymore um, <laughs> and we will and we will sum up um, in terms of what is uh, your uh, last Macca's meal if you manage to get in those two hour queues today um, so look um We'll start with social distancing. Um, Andy, how's your social distancing going? Yeah, my social distancing is going very well. I've been treating it extremely serious from the beginning. It's took a long time uh, for us to cop on. Finally, the UK are doing what everyone else is doing. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's it's become part of the norm here. And it's working out well for the most part. Still, some people that... The penny hasn't quite dropped, but we're getting there. Yeah, I mean, two weeks ago, social distancing wasn't even uh, a thing or an expression, unless you were Phil. Phil, how how how's social distance? How do you think social distancing has been taken up by the masses? 
I think it's great, right? Like they literally have paid zero attention to it because people like the, the concept of social distancing is so abstract, right? That people are going, well, what's that social distancing about? Yeah, grand, yeah, whatever. If they said you have to be fucking two meters apart or six feet apart from people, they would have copped it straight away. But now social fucking distancing. It's like, again, it's just, it's trying to make something complicated when it should be sim- re- relatively simple. The best bit is now they're starting to put like sellotape on the ground to show you how far apart you should be. It's and then the, conf- the confusion that's raining around it as well. So I was, I was walking into work today because um, unfortunately I, I still have to go to work at the moment. But the, uh, I was walking down. Now, I'm walking down the street, haven't deviated from the path that I'm walking down, right? And I see this woman in front of me, and she's, like, veering from side to side, right? Veering from side to side. Right? Now, not locked at all. Trying to figure out, am I going to move if she moves, right? So I didn't move. I just walked straight. Because, you know, people who are so indecisive, they don't know if you're going to go left or go right, and you end up sort of going, like that. And then you you, both end up going the same direction. Trick there, just keep walking straight, right? You either knock them over, or they get out of your way. Nine times out of ten, they get out of your way, right? So I'm walking there. As I'm walking past, she goes, do you not realize what social distancing is? And I went, what the fuck is the problem here? Like, I was saying, you're the one that's bouncing all over the path. I'm walking straight. <laughs> if you stand over here, you won't go anywhere near me. You don't need to go back and forth. It's not a guessing game. I wasn't walking past, like, a load of doors, which I could go into any of these doors at any moment. I was walking straight down the middle of the path. So social distancing as a concept is stupid. Had they said just, you need to stand six feet apart, at least people in their head would have thought, right, six feet apart. We all have to stand six feet apart. It's not, this, this social distancing is off its matter. What I also did at the weekend was I decided to drive around to all the busiest spots I could find just so I could take pictures and give out on social media about it as well. So just to prove that people are stupid, I went and became part of the queues. So on Saturday, I went up to Glendalough. Now, this was before the big Sunday rush happened in Glendalough. Yeah. So I went up there and we, like, generally I went up there just to get away from it all because it's, it is so open and it's there's lots of space. It's a massive national park. You can walk up a mountain. You can walk everywhere. And the car parks, I've been up there and it's been, like, you couldn't get a park. But you drove straight in, parked the car, and off you went to walk around. People, like, miles apart, literally miles apart, right? Um, and then the next day it was busy and people were taking pictures of the car park up there saying it was mad busy or whatever. Now, to be fair to Leo, and he's a bit of an knob end, but like, to be fair to him, he's come out and said, look, you know, that isn't necessarily going to be an issue if people stay apart when they're in these open spaces, which is a valid, valid thing. But, you know, by, by the end of tomorrow, we'll all be in lockdown. I know Andy does the word lockdown because everyone's just saying lockdown. It's just lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. Everything's lockdown. When you say it too many times, it loses all meaning. I oh, know it's, it's it's not it, as I can't go back to social distancing lockdown lockdown yeah. lockdown insinuates that somebody comes into your house locks your house takes the key away and you can't get out right? yeah. well, I would have thought lockdown meant that you literally could not leave your home and there was there would be curfews mm. and yeah. if you left your house schools would be cracked um, <laughs> so, but lockdown lockdown it's so people are calling what Boris announced tonight in the UK is lockdown, but this is just things we've been practicing in Ireland for about two weeks now are trying to. It's not much different. I think it goes a bit, I think it does go a little bit beyond. I mean, Gav, I mean, obviously, like, you know, there's the shop still open there, isn't there, at the moment, which are, which are non-essential and will be open tomorrow in Ireland, whereas in the UK they've been told to closing down. So, like, where, where do you see all this heading? Do you see it heading in the direction of of what Andy's going along the lines of in terms of 
curfew, proper curfews? Um, yeah, I think I will. And I think it's it's probably a result of what Phil's just explained. You know, p- people aren't taking it seriously. It's as simple as that. You know, like like you can go on about you can go on about people going out the parks and staying that distance away. They're simply not. It's a sim- you know they're not. You know what I mean? Like, like Big Joe Walsh is on a cross- crusade at the minute, and I and I, f- and I fully back him in this crusade. Um, I'm his number one supporter, and if he needs posters put up around the place, I will most definitely help out. But he was like Stevens Green today, taking pictures. People just sitting in groups, no problem, just sitting in groups. And you know the answers to the to the tweet was, well, maybe they all live together. And I was like, what? Twenty six of them. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, listen. People aren't taking it seriously because it's the attitude of, well, it won't happen to me. Um, it most definitely will. You know, I'll put it to you this way, Ray. I'm at home. I have a seven-year-old and I have a 10, 11-week-old child. And yeah. I'm literally in the house all day. I'm washing, my hands are bleeding red raw from washing them because if I go out with smoke, if I go out for, you know, go outside to make sure the kids are all right, if I go to shop, but I'm literally washing hands all the time I'm going to, sh- I'm going to the shop when needs be and that's about it it's either it, the, serve, the petrol station for cigarettes or down to the shop for food or whatever and I wouldn't be surprised if I got it you know what I mean so you can be as careful as you want I just don't I don't think people are taking it seriously from what I've seen and I think the best thing to do is to probably just turn and go right everybody go home and if you're found in the streets I don't know find them put them in prison I don't know but I think next week the numbers are going to go through the roof and when they go through the roof it that will probably be the thing that makes people think oh well this might be serious but until then people are wandering around you, you see you see young for young ones 17, 18 and, or 15, 16, 17, 18 whatever age yeah, and they're hanging around in groups of 20 total you know okay, that's, 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 that's where you've touched on it for me that's where you've touched on it this is what it's been lost right people can be are only as responsible as the household that they live in right <clears throat> and like if if parents ha, are are not fucking locking down their teenagers in bedrooms and not letting them out, right? Genuinely, then they're being as irresponsible as the kids they're letting go outside the door. Absolutely. If you look around, when I was going through the park, like we were, we went out for a while. We've we've obviously a, a baby. You need to get her out and let her run around and do a bit. So you go to the park to let her just run around in, in the open space, not in a cafe, not in a, or whatever it is. And you're being told to take them out and let them have a bit of exercise because they have to run around. And even the, the HSE have said that, right? Mm-hmm. You get there, though, and there's groups of 15 to 20, 16 to 20-year-olds mm. sitting around having the crack. And what's a killer is they've closed all, unlike England, they've, they closed all the playgrounds when they put, yeah. this, put us on lockdown, right? So you're bringing, there, you're bringing a three-year-old child, well, she'll be four this year, but she, you're bringing her past the playground, and she can't understand why there's 15 to 20, 16 to 22-year-olds all in a playground basically being a bunch of cunts, right? There's no other words to describe them. And they're there swinging out of all the poles and everything. She's like, please, daddy, can we go on the swings? And you know what they're going? Every single one of them that touches that, right? They're passing it on to whoever comes along and touches it next. And they're just being a shower of wankers. Now, my solution to it is, it's a simpler way than trying to lock down the country. You round up all the teenagers. You put them them into the empty schools and empty hotels, right? And you put the the army outside them and you don't let them out for four weeks. Right, they can affect each other and do whatever they want inside there, and just keep them on lockdown, and that's it. Once you put that them away, you uh, that stopped. flattens the curve, does it, Phil? It flattens the curve mainly, right? Now, like, who knows what'll happen inside there? And if we don't like it, we can just leave them locked and not open the doors again, and just let them become Lord of the Flies and everything like that. But like, genuinely. If you control that element of the population who literally have no social responsibility whatsoever, that's fine. And if you don't. 
then the families, the parents need to be held responsible for the actions of their kids. And well, like, don't like that, but that's the way it should be. You're, you're talking about open areas like Phoenix Park, you know, in Dublin, the, you know, name the parks around the place you go walking. Playground should be shut down. It's as simple they as that. Don't know. I have a playground. Are, well, they, well, I have, they I have a playground be. a four minute walk from me and I can tell you 100% it's open. It's open and there's people there's in no it. Sign, it's no signs up. Well, what's the sign going to do? Well, like, but, like, uh, do, 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 do put, put a big bubble around it. No, just just put just <laughs> close off the gateway. Put a big hoarding up if you have to. What, they've they've done that all over Dublin. Gav. They, they haven't done it where I am, and oh, I'm telling you, the hardens, Gav. They can't even get face masks. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, it's uh, Andy. You close them down. It's as simple as that. You lock them. You put locks on gates, and you close them down. It's but they have. If, if well, you, see, it seems like we all have different experiences. Uh, any playground in I haven't seen any kids in playgrounds. Oh, yeah. Where oh. I've been, uh, the playgrounds are well off limits. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what happened in the likes of uh, people listening to this in England that they won't really understand, but Holt and we've other areas where people go on summer's days, Scaries, Port Marnock, um, coastal. British Bay, coastal areas, cliff areas, forestry walks. It was just one big massive coincidence on the day. Everybody went out with the best. Most people went out with the best of intentions. And it was just, I'm sure when everyone got there, they were like, shit. But nobody left. I mean, people no. just, oh, uh, somebody else better leave. I'm staying. I'm, I mean, the HSE, that's our, you know, our version. We're, we're there, the guidelines. We're following from um, our health service. Their guidelines are to go out. You know, in your family groups and and practice good social distancing. I was in one of those areas last week, and I was absolutely fine. And everybody was seen to be going about their business very different, you know, decently. But yesterday, with the weather and all, and everything else, well, Mother's Day and the weather, and the yeah, Mother's Day, people weren't going to visit. They couldn't visit their mothers. They couldn't go indoors, so they all headed out to the open areas. And it was just a coincidence. I think it was a lesson learned. Uh, on Sunday more than anything, and uh, for all these measures to work, you'll you'll read different reports, but it's anywhere between eighty percent and ninety percent compliance for these control measures to work effectively and to flatten the curve. And I have to say, for in my experience, you know, my exposure to it so far, I think it's been pretty good here. I know if the teenagers is a massive issue, but that's gonna that's gonna take the police to disperse them yeah. uh, just to tell them to go home and they're going to get a bit of shit off kids in rougher areas but I mean that's we just need to get that 90% get as close to that 90% and uh, anyone I talk to any normal people with with a brain are are going about things decent they're staying at home they're going out for essentials pretty much all the measures that the UK announced tonight people have been doing this in Ireland incrementally and businesses have been closing down incrementally here too it's just Boris has kind of put a took a hard line tonight and says, you know, people mustn't go to work unless it's essential. So that's forcing business to close, and he's not taking responsibility for it. But in Ireland, I think there's been a very mature attitude towards it, and businesses have closed down, even though it's probably going to be detrimental to their future. And mm. um, the yeah, look, I have to say it's been excellent so far, and it's reflecting, it's starting to reflect in our numbers. I know some of our big tests um, haven't been revealed. But it's it's definitely reflecting our numbers and time will tell. But um I think it's just too late in England. 
I think the reality is what what, what Boris has come out and done tonight is, is he's 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 realised he's playing catch up as, in essence. Um, spe- you know, especially if you link it back to the proactive approach that the Irish government take, have taken. So all he's doing now is trying to play catch up on the time that was lost. Uh, and I think most of us would probably agree that you're not gonna you're not gonna catch up that ground that you've lost by by sending out the mixed messages, by leaving playgrounds open until today, by you know allowing a, a large part of society to carry on as normal, um, and allowing schools to stay open longer, and then all of this mass panic to really sort of kick in in terms of supermarket sweeps and all that sort of stuff. So, um, look, it's let let's let's try and move it on a little bit. Let's go back to what you know what I said at the start of this. Eleven days from the last game that took place at Anfield, and which just happened to be a game against Madrid, where they left five thousand Madrid fans into a match, which was currently on the ground an outbreak of coronavirus. Like it's fucking mental. It's bonkers. I mean, I, I still I have no idea how Liverpool hasn't been. You know, more badly hit than it than it appears to be, and maybe well, hey, I think. Right, I'll be honest with you, and, and just uh, sorry to cut you off. Now. The testing is so bad at the moment between Ireland and the UK, and the, we're both equally shit at this at this moment in time, right? That nobody knows what the real number is, and both. I definitely equally shit. Well, well, Andy, I have I know somebody at the moment who was told there'll be somewhere between five to seven days to get a test that does that much of a backlog, and I also know somebody who was told that the results that from the test had expired and they'd have to come back in and do the test again. Yeah, but it, it is it is uncharted territory, and they are trying to learn as they go along. We are testing per head of population. We're testing, or we're intending to test an awful lot more people. And I think I think intending is a valid point. Okay, so, well, we've, we've tested so far behind at this like, moment in time. We've for, tested we've tested over ten thousand people now, and we've just about a thousand cases. So ten percent hit rate. I think in the UK it's kind of closer to twenty percent. I don't think you can compare us to the UK, simply because last Thursday week we closed down schools. We closed down pubs on the, was it the Friday or Saturday or Sunday? Um, we, we reacted to it like, I'm no fan of the Overlacker, I never will be, or the mm. party he represents. But they did try to do something. They, he came on and he said, listen, and he, 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 listen, we didn't learn an awful lot from what he said, but, the biggest thing was him, he, him actually saying it, you know, instead of you reading it on, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever else you're going to read it. We reacted. We are testing people, like Andy said. And we've, like the UK, I just can't get over how badly they've, they've done this. Like, they've watched Italy, Germany, France, you know, China, obviously. But you see in America, like America just went, well, listen, nobody's flying into America from anywhere on mainland Europe on set, such a date. Them are cancelling England and them are cancelling Ireland. And he just sat and watched it all. And, you know, I don't think you can compare Ireland to England. I really can't. Am I a big, am I completely in support of what the Irish government have done? No. But I think when you look at what the UK have done, like that's, he's making the statement today that Leo Varadkar made a week ago, 
whatever yeah, it is. Basically. You know, and yeah. we're, we're, we're both islands, we're both we're in, like, you know, you know yourself, you're on a flight <laughs> and you're up in the air and before you get your seatbelt off, it's back on because you're dropping down into, into Britain. It's so close that, the, the, you know, you're shipping lanes between the two of us, the flights between the two of us. Yeah. Uh, you know, people, people in like, I know people on this podcast that have family in the Ireland, in England and, you know, that's that's how close we are to each other. The UK's mm. reaction to it has been appalling, in my, in my opinion. And part of me believes that Johnson and, and the Tories or whoever looked at this and went, we're not in Europe anymore and they won't tell us what to do. You know, that kind of way. I know that sounds a bit simplistic and probably a bit, you know, tribalistic. Oh, he's only doing that because he's out of Europe now. But when you look at all things considered, he, he's taken way too long in a country of 60 million people that's in between Ireland, who's reacting to it, and mainland Europe, who's in, that's in tatters. I think no, it's no, completely I, wrong what he's done. I get that. But if you think about it, going back to Ray's original point, about it's 11 days since we played at Let's Go Madrid in Anfield, right? Yeah. There was probably about, what would you say, there's about five to 7,000 Irish people over at that match that night. Probably, um, yeah. Could be. It would have been a good trust. The same week that there was over 40,000 Irish who went to Cheltenham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Every single one then walked back into the country and nobody was, nobody was, they didn't even take a temperature of somebody walking back into the country. They didn't track where they were going, who they were seeing, all that type of stuff when they came in, right? Well, they wouldn't have had, they wouldn't have had symptoms that quick anyway. No, I know, Andy, but you, you still, it, they should have learned a lesson from the whole Italian ski trip expeditions where, where our outbreak started off originally, right? That at, at worst, if you're coming back from, from one of those events that was in England where we know that there had been significant numbers of cases and they weren't putting any restrictions in place on what was going on, that there should have been a bit more done to manage their interactions. They should have been told to go into self-isolation for two weeks, regardless. They were. They were told to go into self-isolation. Same with flights back from Italy, same as flights back from Spain. If someone chose to ignore that, that's their own irresponsibility. We are seeing seeing people uh, testing positive that did attend Cheltenham in Ireland. Oh, no, no, and you will, because if you have a quarter of a million people in one place over the course of a week and you've got an outbreak going on in the country, you're going to get, people are going to get infected and those people are going to infect other people around them. So it's like, it's, the whole thing is just crazy. It's crazy. But you're, like, I know this is going to sound terrible, but there is a logic to what the English were originally trying to do. It's just a horrifically rootless way of dealing with something that's like this. I don't think there's much logic to it. I think it was a, it was a totally misinformed strategy. It was based on a different disease altogether. No, no. And what I'm saying to you is, if 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 the fatality rate is less than say two percent or something like that, right? Um, or I think it's isn't it four percent or something in this case, or whatever it is. And well, at the moment, at the moment, the UK have five percent of their positive cases are fa- are fatal now. Yeah. In Ireland, point uh, seven percent of our cases are fatal. Now, smaller sample numbers, yeah, are less accurate. But we, because we're testing more negative people, it means we're getting a better handle on our contact tracing. If you're not testing people, you can't contact trace. So it just me it means that we're we're more in control of who who has it and where they went. Andy, while the numbers are smaller, they were successfully getting through it. As the numbers have started to significantly grow over the last couple of days, they are it's starting to creak already. Which numbers? For, in terms of the numbers needed to be t- tested yeah, because, because they're contract, waiting, the contact they're tracing is yeah. going further and further all the time. I know. They're waiting on, th- they're waiting on 30,000 kits. They'll have them shortly and then they've got a huge amount of kits available after that. 
So it's just really, at the moment, it's a logistics thing. Like, they've all the centres set up. They've all the volunteers set up. It's just a case of getting the kits now. And there's loads and loads more labs being set up now to be able to cope with the demand. Was there not not an argument? I'm sorry, I feel like I'm fucking asking these questions here. But was there not an argument then to be way more strict in in what they've done with regards to people's movement and, and going out and, you know, shutting shops down? Was there not an argument to say, listen, lads, instead of waiting six weeks down the line to pour us into essential lockdown as we as we say we're going to do it now and the reason we're going to do it now is we're going to keep you all in we're going to get these kids in and we're going to test people as we go and then we can start to look at you know loosening um restrictions as we go because no, we have a better handle no, on no. i'll tell i'll tell you why i'll tell you why because if you do that if you lock down too quick and then you start releasing you start um dropping the measures right. then you get the shock thing exactly the same from the beginning. All these things have to be done incrementally. People have to get it for the for the for immunity to be built. Okay. So it all has to be done incrementally for for that curve to be as flat as possible. You can't just put people into isolation straight away. People have to have it. Okay. All right. Otherwise, you let people all uh, run free, back into their jobs, back into society as normal, and then you're back to square one. But you see, like New Zealand have done what you said, Gav. They basically just locked down the locked down the, the the country for, I think, two weeks or three weeks. They said, and they've only had a hundred cases in total so far. Mm. Yeah, they're just not yeah. There's a, there's a there's a lot going on. Look, I think in the UK it's it's a lot more dangerous because I think they've a, a far superior transport network. They've got people uh, in bigger cities clustered all over the the whole of the United Kingdom. Mm. We we only really have. A small amount of highly populated areas, like fifty odd percent of the cases are in Dublin. Mm. So it's it's not going to run right through the rural areas. Ireland is, you know, it's a lot more rural than it is in England. People are travelling up and down the country in trains all day in England. They way more um, international airports. There's a lot more people passing through. So I think like that. Basically, people are the supply chain for the virus. And if if you have more people moving and a bigger, larger numbers, um, more means to travel, you're going to have red and faster. I think people in the UK, I mean, just from my experience, people in the UK think nothing of commuting, you know, 50, 60 miles to work every day. Um, The motorway networks, and as you say, Andy, the train networks there to do that. And, And that means people are moving around a lot more. So it makes sense that, that, that this would be, moving around at a, a, a rapid speed. Um, and you've also got a lot of, you know, people coming in and out of the country because they're not originally uh, from the UK. I suppose that's that's a similar thing that you would have here in Ireland as well. Um, you know, it, it look, the, the NHS, I think Boris has been spooked, I think, by the fact that now the NHS is in real danger of going under because they've seen what's happened in Italy, as a prime example, you know, they're having to fly people in from places like Peru, medics and whatnot. The other the other factor in all of this is obviously there's a lot of um, healthcare workers who are going down with it as well. Um, and the strain that's going to be put on those those people going out of circulation. So, look, it's got we are look, we're, we're such a short amount of time into it. It's, you know. We could be doing this this time next week and be talking a whole different ball game. We might we might well be 
Um, but let, let's just bring it back to sport for a little bit. Yeah, Phil, I'm, I was, I was, I was interested by some of your. This is the sport, Ray. This yeah, is but... this is replaced football and all other sport because all we have to play is coronavirus. It's the only thing we have. We've got numbers and stats that we can use with. Yeah. We've got different countries that are involved in it because we've got the Champions League of coronavirus, and then the you've got America's shooting up the table at the moment, right? Like they're on a different trajectory to the rest of the world. Like if you want to be really cynical about it, people who adore sport and metrics and sport because there's no sport going on at the moment mm. have literally just like moths to a flame have been drawn to coronavirus and the numbers and the graphs and everything that are coming out and to be fair that's what sucked me in the overload of information in on the numbers yeah it was the draft up until now but this is now the coronavirus draft i don't know which country i'm gonna go with so i'm, I'm, I'm trying to make up your as to as to which one i think is the is the one to follow for the next world <clears throat> but you made a comment on twitter the other day phil about your life and actually the amount of stress that's been removed um, over the last week or so by the elimination of uh, Liverpool, as a yeah. as an example, and other and other sports that you follow in your life, um, like what, what? Just give us a bit more of an insight into that, in, in terms of you know how you feel about that being removed. But to be fair, like it's removed this constant sense of the impending fear of something going wrong right like particularly like this this season not so much so like to be fair this season i've probably been as turned off to liverpool social media as i've ever been in the history of social media and watching football right and so if you take about the last 10 years or so since twitter sort of existed and message boards and forums and all that type of stuff which goes back even further because we had can't be beaten yeah. I was able to just turn off, enjoy the match, and then turn off. I didn't care what people were saying about after the game. Didn't care what people thought. Didn't care who they wanted in the team. Didn't care anything with that. Didn't make a difference because they just kept winning, 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 which is great, right? Mm. But only in the last few weeks, because things had started getting a bit sticky, and it was that feeling that like, we went from winning every trophy to winning yeah. just the Premier League, right? Yeah. There was the, and there was yeah. that where we, needed, we still need a couple of wins to get over the line. It was sucking you back in. You could feel the impending sense of all the lads who want bad things to happen, just their fingers and their hands coming out to grab you and pull you back in to what's going on. So with that gone, there was freedom. There was like, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, this is, like, look at this now. I've managed to sort of connect with family a bit more and like, you know, there's all the normal pressures that you start to park and let football take over. Like, you know, it's just mad. You just, you just start talking to people again. You yeah. remember what people look like and you remember you've got, you've got other people that you haven't talked to in a while and you're able to talk to them. And so like, when you talk to them, it's not, did you see the match? You have to talk to them about them as well. It's like, it's, it's, it's a very strange place to be. This must be what it was like in 1842 before all football started. So it's, um, <laughs> It's very strange. There's got to be an awful lot of positives to come out of this in the end. Uh, you know, aside from all the horror that we're facing, there's people, people's mindsets. Well, I hope, you know, I have no faith in humanity if they don't. But <laughs> people need to really hit the reset button and reflect on what we're going through right now and make that influence their future decisions more. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's a fair point to me, and obviously people, I don't know, I I can still see in six months time or whatever when this is all past, um, 
and we're, we're still kind of assessing the damage um, that people are still going to be back on Twitter giving out about team selections and, um, you know, why didn't someone get brought off on 70 minutes and all of these kind of trivial things. It, 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 I, and <laughs> the mind boggles really when you kind of think now as to where we're at in such a short space of time as to whether we actually go back. <laughs> But Ray, do, do you see the lads out there trying to put up like um, transfer talk where they're starting to talk about players that Liverpool might buy? Yeah. Like, the insanity here is, lads, the people you're talking about could actually be dead. Yeah, oh, it's a very good point. <laughs> There's no point talking about this player and that player. There is a real chance that somebody could be dead. Right? Yeah. There's a real chance that a, a, a well-known footballer is going to die. Yeah, or manager. Yeah, just by by nature, the amount of people that are going, which well, we've already had the ex Real Madrid president die because of it, right? Mm-hmm. Lorenzo Sanz died there the I think Tuesday night, um, haven't haven't been infected by the coronavirus. So like, there is a real chance. So there's no point setting out who you're going to sign or who you're not going to sign until we start to get through this and see who's left standing. To be totally honest with you, mm. I mean, we saw we saw today the late fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This is news around the... Um the European Cup, the um, the Europa League um, finals being postponed. I mean, <clears throat> 11 days ago we were talking about, um, you know, we were looking at, you know, being out of the Champions League. Now we're looking at maybe the competition not even finishing up at all. Um, I mean, Gav, what, what's your thoughts as this goes on day by day or are you even thinking about it now at this point? Every day I'm thinking about it, right? <laughs> Every day, uh, football, Liverpool, uh, the coronavirus still sits second in my mind um, when it comes to football and the coronavirus. And usually, the distance I'm hitting me wedges um, when it comes to golf, the coronavirus is just below all them things. Listen, I'd find it difficult to see how they fit in the Champions League and how they fit in the Europa League, right? Because I. In my heart of hearts, I think the league will come back. Um, I think it has to come back. There's too many ramifications for it not to come back. We've gone over this time and time again. Um, they'll have to bring the league back. I think the league will come back and I think it will finish behind closed doors. Completely finish the last 10 games behind closed doors. I don't think you'll see another fan in a stadium in England until the season 2021 starts. The Europa League and the Champions League, and you see with the Euros, the Euros were never going to happen. Never. No. Because it's not in one country, and they're traveling, there's so many people from so many countries traveling from country to country to country to watch games. It was never, ever going to happen. <sighs> I, putting it back a year is absolutely fine. If that's not going to happen, the Champions League is a smaller version of that. Now, I know there's only eight teams left in it, um, so you're looking at, what, eight teams, four four games over two legs. You're looking at 15, 16 games or something to finish off the Champions League. But you're looking for, for countries involved there. You still have, have you still got Italian teams? You've definitely yeah. have Spanish teams. You've definitely German teams. You've English teams yeah. in it. So <clears throat> look at all these massively affected areas. 
I I struggle to see where they finish unless they go down the route of finishing it out behind closed doors as well because I think every league in Europe will finish behind closed doors. That's my opinion on it. I think it's the safest way to do it. It's the only way to get it done in time for this to pass and another league season to start. And look, it's all about money at the end of the day, right? You know, like Pepsi, Coca-Cola, they all want their money's worth, MasterCard, whoever it is, PlayStation, Xbox, they all want their money's worth. And the only way to get their money's worth is if people are watching it on television, whether there's people in the ground or not, they want their money and they want mm. that, they want their money's worth. And I think the only way to get things done is take a date for argument's sake, say June the 1st, just for argument's sake. I know people will scoff at that and say it'll never happen by June the 1st, but say June the 1st comes and they go, right, listen, we're in a place now where we play behind closed doors. This is the fixtures. This is the new fixture list for Serie A, La Liga, Bundesliga, Champions League, Europa League, Premier League, whatever it is. This is the new fixture list and we're going to run it for eight weeks, seven weeks, whatever it is, all behind closed doors. I think that's the only way it can happen. Otherwise, these competitions won't finish. They just won't. There's no There's no way they will. Absolutely not. And the, the, the FA Cup is another one as well. Does, does it finish? It probably will. But from here on in, I don't think you'll see another fan in a ground between now and the end of whenever this season finishes, genuinely. You won't. You absolutely won't, Gav. It makes absolutely no sense to put people in the stadiums, probably this side of Christmas. I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. You can't undo all the good work that people are now trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the season will be finished. I mean, if I just, I, for a while it felt like this. I feel stupid talking about the outcome of the Premier League. You can't really decide what to do till you know when this stuff is on the, you know, till we see a horizon, till we see an end to it. Yeah. At the moment, it's it's a nothing's off the table. This could go on for six or seven months, and we'd be still having the same conversations. Oh, the league starting back up in January. The league starting up in February. You can't plan to do something until you see an end to the problem. So it'll it, it'll have to. The, the football will come back at as early time, earliest time possible. But at that stage, people won't be ready to go into large groups again. Every football team will have to be healthy. Um, every every member of every football team will have to be isolated and away from family members because as soon as football teams start getting sick again, the football has to stop again. Yeah. So we're way off. June, June force is ridiculously optimistic in my opinion anyway. I think we, we could be looking at September, October. It actually makes more sense when you think about it. Like, if they just turned around and went, listen, lads, this is going to go on into July and August, and there's no point in doing anything beyond there. So what we're going to do is, this all, st- last 11 days ago you said, so you're looking at, this. what was it, the, the 12th, Is it was it the 12th of March we probably went out of the Champions League, somewhere in around there, right? So why don't they just turn around and go, listen, to be on the complete safe side, we're not putting major sport back on. And we're literally going to just finish the 1920 season from March 21. And then just let it flow on as normal. And the Euros start in the summer a year later. And you just, you just have to write off the following season. You know that way? So I, think, I, I think money comes into it. Un- money absolutely does because TV because, is massive. And it's not just TV. And like we're talking about the global economy, right? Things will not be able to be shut down for that length of time. And what will happen is you will then end up, if you try to shut it down for too long, 
you'll end up with civil unrest, you'll end up with fucking riots and everything going on across the globe. And that's why it won't happen. What will happen is we'll get to a critical mass where X amount of thousand people have been infected in each country. And there's a, there's a risk assessment done to say, right, there's a level of immunity now in, in the place and we'll go with it. And, see, and we've got over the sort of the big, huge surge and away we go again and we, we see how it goes on across the whole thing. Do we see, I think, I think there's a great possibility that in England, they put the games back on in June. They put them on behind closed doors and it's all broadcasted on the television. If there's still the sort of social distancing and stuff going on and they try to do it over a very short period of time to close out the season, to give people a positive um, feel-good factor. The issue is, if they do that, there's not a hope in hell. There isn't a half a million people on the streets of Liverpool when Liverpool win the league. And that's where the fucking, that's where the whole thing breaks down. Unless they deploy the army to stop people from from um, congregating around the stadium, etc. When 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 things are going on, it's like it's 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 a no win situation. But ultimately, lads, money is going to determine an awful lot of what the of of the outcomes, both from a lockdown perspective and the whole. Like it's one thing to stop an economy; it's another thing to try to get it going again. And I'm not even talking about football economy; I'm talking about just the economy in general. And if you lock it down and you you, you kill retail for too long, you kill everything, and that's going to be fucking. We're talking about proper civil wars and everything breaking out of countries because that's when it gets really messy. The players look to the captain. The captain looks to the manager. And the manager looks to you. It's time to be heard. Pitch is the new app that gives football fans the voice you deserve. Get your views sent straight to media pundits, commentators on the club you love. From dodgy penalties to rating match performance, make your opinion count. The manager's looking to sub him off, and the fans agree. Download the pitch app for free today. Be heard. Yeah, I think also in terms of um, fans going back to football grounds and to large gatherings in general, I mean, I think this is all going to you know, psychologically kind of scars really. And I think I think there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna be, you know, once the full sort of horror of this unfolds and and and, and everyone pretty much is gonna be impacted or know someone who's impacted by this, I think people's mindsets will be in a certain state for quite a while. So I think you know, if things do start again in June or July, um, say for instance, um the thoughts of um, opening the doors to fans, I think will. I think a lot of people will will stay away, irrelevant of of, of it. You know, being a situation where where we're about to win the league. So, look, wh- whichever way this goes, it's gonna. It's so you know, it is unfortunate, but but it, it is going to be, you know, not a way that we wanted this to all all play out in the way we were hoping it was all going to play out, even as recently as a a couple of weeks ago where we were kind of starting to come round to the idea of games being played behind closed doors, but, but certainly not having to be played in the likes of July or August or, or whenever. I mean, um, Andy, would you take us being awarded the league now, if they did decide to not restart the league, would you, would you take it? Would you feel any kind of like, Oh, that's, that's, that's not, that's not what it was meant to be. Yeah, um, you don't you don't want to look back uh, on history and have an asterisk beside the league to be given out without all the games being played. That's why I'm just a firm believer in solving this worldwide crisis first, mm. and then talking about things that 
that don't really matter, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, after that, um, you know, as Klopp says, football is the most important thing of the least important things. So that's the way everything has to be treated when it comes to people's health. And so right, right now, there's no need to be awarded or making any rash decisions on awarding the league to, to us now. We're winning the league when the league starts again, and that can happen when the right time is. And I, I just, as I said, I just don't think that's any time soon. I think any topic of June, July is extremely optimistic. Do you think there's a Do you think there's a possibility that that um, you know this? It, it is hard to believe that games will be played again in June or July. I mean, do, do you think do you think next season is at risk in any way, shape, or form, or do you think they may end up having to play maybe a shortened season where you just play maybe each other once and then you you get a league winner at the end of it? But Ray, do you not think do you not think there's there's a natural thing here? You've got the World Cup in 2022 that sits at the end of the year. It's a it's a calendar year, right? Yeah. If you're forced to go into September, you just close out your season from September to December. You reset, right? And you actually reset your league programs to run on the calendar year. Yeah, but your issue is the Euros then in 2021. That's your issue. So you'd have to have some kind of um, break in between. The, 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 you know, you'd have to almost cut your, your domestic season in half, so to speak. I think the, 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 I think the main chance is, is next season is written off. Mm. I genuinely believe that. I think... I think the like I, I I know where Andy's coming from. I can see where Andy and Phil are coming from because on on a, a straight if you a straightforward view of it, and, and Andy has that is look, this is a it's a pandemic in the world. It's it's not like it's just affecting you know uh, Africa is affected or you know Asia is affected. It's affecting the whole world. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like they can just quarantine that part of the world and go listen, no one's allowed in or out, and we'll deal mm-hmm. with it. It's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. And Andy's right. You know. Like we we we'd all love to be going over there, you know, in, over to Liverpool for the second last game of the season or the last game of the season or a parade or whatever else. That's not going to happen now. But you know, all in all things being fair and equal, you could probably say, right, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to leave this until it needs to be August, September, October, whatever it is, and then we're going to play the games out over a couple of months, and then we're going to have a break. And then we're going to have the Euros and then we're going to go back and play football as normal. The biggest chance for me is that next season is written off. Because you have to sort out things that are not sorted. Instead of just looking forward to one that hasn't even started yet. Yeah. Because there's so many repercussions, right? And we've gone over this. You know, money, contracts, um, you know, sponsors, teams in the championship that want to come up. There's so much left unresolved. You can't just go, oh, listen, just leave it. Forget about it. That's written off. We'll start again afresh. When? When do we start again afresh? The, the the chances are, in my opinion, next season will not happen. It'll and what'll take its place is this season spread over a longer period of time, and we could finish up in I don't know April, and then say right now we're doing the Euros, and then when August comes around, we're going back to the Premier League twenty where it'll be twenty twenty one twenty two something. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I think the season twenty twenty one I think is under is under the biggest risk of anything here. But I understand where Phil is coming from because Phil is right in what he says. You know, economy has to has to turn. The wheels of economy have to turn and make no bones about it. We know I, I've heard um, Peter Moore go on about you know Liverpool football clubs bring brings about five hundred million quid a year into Liverpool itself. 
You know, mm-hmm. that's economy. The wheels of economy have to turn because, as Phil said, if it doesn't and we just shut it down and we go, listen, six months, no one's allowed to do anything, the world ends. It's as simple as that. The world ends as we know it. You know, and mm-hmm. football, could, would football clubs even be there to start again? I don't I know. don't think they would. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think they would I think, either. I think what happens is, if in, in that instance, you've got, the, the revenue fall off is not just like it's not just a case of oh, the television will come back on and pick up the money. Money, the businesses that that are there to support those revenue streams won't be there. Yep. And if you don't have the businesses there to support those <laughs> revenue streams, there's simply no money to put into the game. If there's no money to put into the game. You won't be able to carry the staff and that they have across the clubs. You won't be able to run the things, and that's where it all falls apart. And that's not just at football. That's Everywhere. across society. Mm-hmm. We're talking about completely across society. It's mm. going to, uh, it, like what we're talking about at the moment is if, if it's a 12 week, if you look at what happened in China, right? So the first case is December 21st in Wuhan and they're only lifting the lockdown measures that they had now in, in the sort of their major epicenter two weeks ago, right? So if you look at that as your guide, it's essentially a 12 week lockdown period to get this thing under, to get this thing to, to peak it and then bring it down the far side, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're flattening the curve, you're still doing it about the same thing, but you're trying to get in earlier to, to get that, not the exponential growth that they've seen, but a, a slower growth that you can manage through your health service. So it's still there, but yeah. you're managing it at, at, a, at a consistent level. And once you've moved into that consistent level, it's a case of minimizing the spread so as you don't get any spikes along the way itself. And it's once... It's it's that sort of initial to stop that and going that way. That's when you have to bring people back to the economy, and that's when you have to start bringing people back into work. Because if you don't, no matter what you do, at the the damage is too big. Because you go from the person damage to ultimately the person damage. Because if if there's no economy and there's no way to to make a living and there's no way to have money and there's no way to keep things going, mm-hmm. like people just go go revert back to what their basic nature is, which is hunter gathering, which is out to make sure that if, if if that my family is looked after and that's the end of it. But and it's, that's, it's like it's like I, I watched them what was I watching the other night, the Grand Tour, Jeremy Clarks and all them lads. And they went off to Detroit. Oh, yeah, and they were talking about Detroit and it was I think they were saying in the forties or fifties it was the richest city in America the richest all right mm. because of the car trade there um the amount of car manufacturers there and you go there now and there's nobody there mm. because the car trade slowed down and stopped and pulled out of there and when it pulled out what happened there was nothing left they were knocking down they were selling off and knocking down like stadiums with eighty thousand seats in it big mm. domes they were beautiful stadiums had to knock them down couldn't keep them going and that's what happens you know when economy when the wheels of economy stop everything stops and then when you try start you go well i haven't got the money to put the lights on in that stadium i haven't got the money to put wheels on that car you know the way so uh, look i i i I couldn't agree more with both lads even though they've a slightly different point of view on it i know where andy's coming from it's a massive problem that will need to be fixed before anything else happens but having said that i know uh, uh, I could, I could, what Phil has said with regards to June closed doors and literally, literally putting 20 Premier League teams into quarantine and saying, right, you're not coming out of this, it's done. And if it takes 10 weeks, it takes 10 weeks. That's how we're going to do it because otherwise your club won't be there in a year's time. And that'll affect all the massive clubs. So it could have happened. Yes, it could. But I, so I go back to the next season. I think next season won't happen. Yeah, I mean, just with all of this uncertainty, I mean, <clears throat> we've seen some reports recently about players' contracts and DVD and Wijnaldum and, like, how do the clubs even start to, you know, plan for all of this stuff if they don't actually know, you know, when the season's going to recommence, when, whether there's going to be a 2021 season, um, 
you know, how are revenues going to be impacted, all of these sorts of things. I mean, you know, I, I think I read something that, you know, some contracts are going to have some kind of clauses that actually relate to COVID-19 in some way, shape or form. I mean, how, how, like, I mean, how, how do you see all of that unfolding, um, Andy, over the next, over the next few months? Yeah, like the, the obviously the biggest fear is the smaller football clubs um, and their affordability to pay their players or continue to pay their players. But again, we're talking about something that's not really that important. Like people are losing their jobs all over the shop and big companies are forcing their staff to take half pay and, you know, football clubs are going to have to deal with this on an individual basis as well smaller football teams are going to need help from government and banks and bigger clubs are just going to have to get their players to play ball for a period of time that this thing has the football is finished and when the football resumes again players are just going to have to take pay cuts because football clubs just don't have that big flow of money coming in they don't have the match day revenue and they're going to have sponsors who are saying, look, this contract hasn't been fulfilled. Yeah. Therefore, 25% of what we agreed and all of that stuff has to be negotiated. But the beauty of it, sorry, probably the wrong terminology, but we're all in this together. It's a global thing. So we're all kind of suffering equally. So therefore, all the solutions are going to have to be equal as well. And people are just going to have, you know, people are just going to have to sort out their own house and that can and other that do need help are going to have to just turn to uh, kind of grants or suspensions in um, obligations to banks, bank loans and everything else to, to survive all of this. It, whether Van Dyke's contract or when all loans are, how that all works, it's, that's for the that's for the boys in the in the in the big clubs to sort out. I don't think that I don't think it's it's going to be a such a pressing issue. Here's here's the one for you though, right? And it's sort of on on the thing because we were going to talk about Van Dyke and and when Yaldum or Van Dyke's contract and that we expect it to be extended, right? But here's one for you, lads. If the season goes on longer than June, right? You've got a fucking huge wild card because you've got a load of fellas out of contract at the end of June. Mm-hmm. The yeah, they're going to gonna have to plan for that. They're going to have to say, well, the season stopped three months, two months early. So, therefore, the normal end to the contract is going to have to be extended by two months. You can't, Andy, because the contract is a, is a timed, fixed contract. Yeah, I, I, think, I think when you look at this, like I know where Andy's coming from there as well, it will be a case of... it'll. You know, like, look, the, the Premier League have had have, have had meetings with government officials. They've had meetings with the DFA and stuff like that. And we've seen reports from the likes of James Pearce, Paul Joyce, whoever. And they're just two to, uh, to name a few, right? Listen, they're getting told what they're being told. There's no way. There's there's no doubt in my mind that the Premier League government officials and, and DFA have already have come up with a lot more information in their meetings than we, we let on to know. And I'm sure that the contract stuff is being discussed. Phil is right, it is a time thing, but I'm sure clubs will be given a dispensation to be able to say, right, well, listen, instead of his contract being up on the 30th of June, we're going to extend that until the final whistle, you know, at the end of this season, whenever it should be. You know, on loan players, instead of them being on loan until the last whistle, um, 
which was due to be made the 17th in the Premier League. He'll be in out the final whistle whenever it finishes. But having said that, players could genuinely turn around on June the 13th and go, I'm a free agent. Yeah. They could. They could do that because that's the contract. The, 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 the clubs will be looking for dispensation in order to extend these contracts without actually extending them. They're just going to put a, yeah. uh, you know, final whistle on the Premier League season rather than June the 30th. And that's absolutely fine because June the 30th is the date because the, the league usually finishes around mid-May. If you get to a European Cup final, it's usually the start of June and the player has three or four weeks then to do what he likes before he's out of contract. The, the clubs can go and look for that dispensation and it will be given because it'll be a, a, a Europe or a worldwide thing. It will be given. But the players, yeah, they'd be well within their rights to turn around and say, I don't know, is Adam Milan our contract in June the 30th? Yeah. Adam Milan yeah. has every right. Yeah. But the only problem the players may have is, is that if they move the, the dates of a player being out of contract or out of loan, right? Contract being the, the main one, right? They'll move the transfer window. Yeah, right. it's, they'll, it's move the, they'll move the transfer window, and what they'll say is, "You're out. Uh, you're out of contract now on June the 30th if you want to be." But I'm just letting you know that this 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 is not going this is not going to finish until November, and then you're going to have to wait till December. So you're going to put yourself out with six months money for mm. that. Say, and all right, people are on eighty grand a week. They don't need it. Trust me. When they're on eighty grand a week, they're used to being on eighty grand a week, and they're going yeah. to keep that eighty grand a week as much as they possibly can. Oye, I'm out of contract on June the 30th, and I'm with my new club on the fourth of July. So. The dispensation for me will be looked for, and I think it'll be it'll be across the board. I think it'll be it'll be fine. Football's governing bodies are going to have to step in and put measures in place to prevent that scumbag carry on. Uh, look, as I said, I've gone back to it again. The beauty of it is everybody's in it together. Everybody's going to suffer with this. If players are willing, or if clubs are willing to basically steal players before the end of a season, it's going to be happening to them left, right, and centre as well. Mm. Government bodies have to just step in and prevent that sort of stuff from happening. I'm sure they will. You can't have a situation where, towards the end of the season, players are walking out of clubs and going to other clubs. You just won't be let sign. No, they'll extend. It'll be extended. The transfer window will be moved. Yeah, you know the tran- Like you take. It's the, registration, it's the registration of the player to a new club, which yeah. they'll just say, right, we, we won't accept the registration yeah. now until August. Exactly, say, exactly. And then, yeah. and, and, and going on the loan thing, there's players out on loan there that could save a club. Like, you look, Harry Wilson at Bournemouth, just for argument's mm. sake. Harry Wilson is on loan from Liverpool to Bournemouth, and I'd say his loan finishes up on May the 18th, which is the Monday after, the, the final day of the season, was meant to be, right? <laughs> Harry Wilson... If he turned around now and went, well, I made the 18th, I'm going back to Liverpool. I don't care if I don't play for six months. He could, he could literally be the cause of Bournemouth going down. You know the kind of way. So everyone's going to want something to be done. I can just see it being moved out. And in order to stop what Phil is talking about and Mirandi's talking about there, the transfer window and registration of players will be moved accordingly. And that'll be the, I think that'll be the end of it. Yeah. Do you think we'll, um, see, any transfers going on <laughs> or agreed transfers like you know say like the, the Werner thing he has a clause in the contract that has to be exercised by a certain date in April mm-hmm. right if you want to if you want to utilise the buyout clause now I'd imagine if we're going to sign him and we've got such good relationships with Red Bulls sport and various different sporting groups that, that are there between Kate and all that type of stuff that it, we're more likely to say, right, we pay the release clause, but we won't announce this until a future date. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And everyone says, yeah, happy days, and away we go. 
because it just seems to me that we've obviously got decent relationships with them, but like that won't necessarily happen elsewhere. I'm sure there's teams already now picking up whatever they can and trying to get lads signed and then announce them as early as possible. They yeah, could, they I mean, could do and put a big a big dent in people's season by doing that, but yeah. it'll have to be just good faith, I think, won't it? Yeah, I, I, look, the football You've also got agents, haven't you? At work, agents will be agents. You know what I mean. So the, the, they'll be doing their stuff irrelevant of what's going on. Mm. But having having said that though, like you get an agent, you get an agent, right? And he he starts doing that. All right. What happens if he goes out and say for him, say take any agent, and he goes out and starts doing this? And then it turns around and people are going, well, this is the agreement you have in place. You know, you will get an agent being literally blackmarked across, across big teams. If it's a big transfer, you know, the way he'd be just blackmarked and we're not dealing with him again. And clubs have been known to do that. They won't deal with certain agents. So it's, it's all good faith. It's all in everyone's, um, I suppose everyone's interest to just go be down the line with this. But this is where I go back to the meetings with the FA and stuff like that. There's way more went on in them meetings than they went in and went, um, will we just say it's extended? Yeah, grand and we're off. No way, no way. They've done an awful lot more than that, a lot more than that. And I'd say, going back to Phil's point about the June, July thing, that's definitely being discussed. It's 100% being discussed because why move it from April the 4th to April the 30th? Why do that? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is just putting things off. And I'd say that's a marker for teams to get back into training, for teams to get themselves ready, yeah. for, for tests to be done, for quarantine yeah. dates to be put in. I'd say that's all that's for. That's not a football like, date. Like- you can't just go from lockdown in England for three weeks, right? Yeah. And then expect lads to, to go straight back out and start playing football. Essentially, they're, they're in a break. They're, they're in a, what's essentially looks like a pre-season period, mm-hmm. right? So when they come back in, they have to get back up to speed in terms of training and all that yeah. type of stuff. Like you look at the madness. Arsenal had to announce yesterday that they weren't going to come back to training today. Now, I thought that was one of the maddest announcements I've ever seen in my life. Because remember, I went into 14 days quarantine because Arteta had the disease, right? Yeah. Um, they announced yesterday that now they decided not to come back. It was like they completely missed the Premier League's brief that everything was on lockdown until April the tour. Like teams were told not to train mm. during that period. Teams yeah. were told in the press briefing were told not to train. That the teams were to use this opportunity to take two weeks for everyone to to isolate away from each other and to prevent any further spread amongst the playing staffs of each club, mm. right? And then Arsenal come out and say, "Yeah, well, we've decided actually we will wait until April the tour before we can see if we can uh, go back training again." I was like. It's this man. What, 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 what did you just not turn on the telly that day to say now? I've been in social media, I've been in press conferences and the news mm-hmm. for that day when it happened. It just seemed bizarre, particularly given that they had an outbreak of it. In considering in, in, it's all their fault, like, yeah, you know, yeah. but let's call a spade a spade. We would have been grand only for our head that went and got it, yeah. you know. I mean, we would have married so derby and everything, wouldn't we? Wouldn't we? Yeah. Well, yeah. that was the night. That was the night the Arsenal City match got got cancelled. It was that morning he was announced to have the coronavirus, and the game was called off off the back of it. Yeah, no. The, what happened was they announced it because of fears because Arsenal had been in contact with Olympiacos, yeah. right? And then they said we're going to cut that off. And then they came out the next day after that on the tours, I think, and said yeah, think oh, everything's right. going ahead as normal. And then about four hours later, no, it's not. Mikel Arteta's acting the maggot, and <laughs> you know what I mean. Then and so it's did, Arsenal's fault. Like, where, did, did Wolves ever get back from Olympiacos? Do you remember they went off and played them in the Europa League? Yeah, they, you know? yeah. But apparently, Olympi- the, the thing there was Olympiacos had. I don't know, all being tested and come back negative, so it was grand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. when they start getting real messy and you kind of went, lads, this has to stop. 
Do you know what I mean? Wolves', Wolves is, you know, dream running the Europa League is all going to be for naught at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it mad. It do, you know I'm watching, do you know what I've been watching while we've been talking about this? I've been watching CBS Sports, right? And they're doing a full NFL mock draft. Like yeah. down to announcing the picks and everything coming in. Like the, the lads are then sitting there analysing those picks. Like imagine, lads, this is a whole industry built on transfer talk. Yeah. Mm. I'm going mad into football manager. I'm going addicted with it again. You'd be able to lash out all the mad regens and, and proclaim that you knew these lads. Oh, the whole lot, brilliant. man. The whole lot. Think about the NFL. It's it's really strange because this whole thing could end up, you know, falling completely in their off season, and then they yeah. could just go back to normality. You know, come August for, for, for yeah, pre-season. but the first game, the lads don't even know what the ball does. You know what I mean? They all forget <laughs> what to do. You know what I mean? We all just but, Gary owning it everywhere. <laughs> but their their draft this year was being held in Las Vegas, and the lads were being ferried in to the stage on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> in the but desert? Now the, on a boat? They, no, you know, in the Bellagio. Bellagio. The Bellagio. Oh, okay. um, so the, the, yeah, the, each each player that's in the top, I think the top 32, is being brought on by a boat to announce what team they're going to, right? Like, it's, it's mad, right? But... Now they're doing it behind closed doors, so they're still doing it, but there'll be no crowds there to watch them do. <laughs> That's gonna look like the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> it's gonna be the maddest thing ever. That's to go ahead and do it. There's, there's talk now that they won't even get it. But like, I'd say to you, man, the Americans are mad. You know, like, look at Trump. Don't go into Trump, Trump please. We'll be here for another hour. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. he's, the, he's, like, he's an absolute nut job. Nah. I've seen a magical compila- compilation there ah. a while ago of all his little sound bites for, from the last kind of like six weeks. One know, of my favorites is. Start. I think we have five cases, but that'll be two today, and then it'll be none by the end of the week. <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah, but isn't he, isn't he due to get voted in in November again? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be great. And he'll, he'll get it on a landslide. Because he'll get it on a landslide because he'll tell people he cured the world of, of the coronavirus. That's, mm. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Exactly and and they'll, they'll say he got, he got the economy started again, and he cured the world of the coronavirus. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what's going to happen. It's, yeah. it's insane. And like any of the American lads I'm following, they're just saying it's an absolute clusterfuck. If you think we're bad, when that hits America, because they have, I, I was watching some of the um, graphics that they had, so there's 300 million people in America, right? And they expect on a conservative estimate 150 million of them to get it, right? Mm-hmm. So on that basis, 15 million will need hospitalization, right? And I think something like they were saying about 1.5 million will need ICU and ventilators and stuff like that, right? Then they said there's only 150,000 ICU beds in America, like in total, right? And there's like, the, yeah, there's there's no, Andy, they have less beds per population than we do in England and Ireland. Sorry, less ICU beds per head of population over there than they have. And then they've got the whole problem with their health system. So mm. there, there isn't public hospitals. Like it's split between private and public healthcare. And there's talk now that the insurers aren't going to cover people who get coronavirus. Like there's literally... Mm. No, but they've they've put their whole practically the whole Federal Reserve into this like trillions into people are going to be tested for free. No, they haven't because you know why? Tonight the Republicans voted down the bill to to act as a stimulus to the to the to to the, to, the, to, to what they need to do. So this is the, 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 that country is insane. 
it's completely insane. New York itself, the reason why the government put New York into lockdown was that they're already overwhelmed with cases. Like the majority of cases that you've seen so far is because New York went into a rigorous testing mode and outside of the federal government stuff itself. And the majority of cases that have been there from the, the 5,000 jumping cases yesterday, nearly all of, them, all of them came from New York itself. And they're saying their hospitals are already overloaded with, with people just coming in and that have been tested and found positive. It's, it's like... I think people, I think I've read, you know, I've seen things where people have recovered, you yeah. know, obviously people and some people in America have recovered and they've already received bills of like $35,000 for the care that they've received, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of those cases and, and what happens to those people who've already got the bills sitting there, you know what I mean? Before any of this kind of legislation has been passed. Well, a friend, a friend of ours, she she was over. She she lives in New York. She was over. Um, we went out for dinner. She told me she had sepsis, so she was in intensive care for four weeks in the states. Do you know how much her healthcare bill was? $2.5 million dollars. Oh, now she had healthcare when she was covered off it, but she saw the bill that was sent out and was sent to her healthcare provider and was two point five million dollars. And I was like, they're going, you're taking the piss. She goes, no. She goes, no. She has a good job or whatever and, and has decent health care. And that's, that's what it was. But yeah, every single thing down to the incubation in the intensive care was the most expensive part of the bill that was there. <laughs> like, wow. This, this is mad. It's a mad, 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 mad state. So it's, I'd say ultimately they're trying to blame China and everything now for this virus and everything like that. You can see Trump's attempt to try shift it towards the Chinese in terms of it's all their fault. Um, that's that's what the line of thing. And they'll buy it and they'll, they'll buy it and that's just the way it'll be because they're all mad. mad. Yeah. Well, look, the other thing that America has given us um, is McDonald's. So we're going to finish <laughs> we're going to finish up McDonald's because today we see the closure of um, it was already down to drive through um, and uh, today they've closed down the McDonald's. So we'll start with you, Andy, because I know you're a connoisseur when it comes to all things. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 are you? After a two-hour queue in the drive-through queue, what 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 are you what are you putting through as your order? Oh well, what I normally get is the chicken selects meal, and then I'll get something off the Eurosaver menu like a double cheeseburger uh, and a flat white. Like that, that would be my order. But having queued for two hours, yeah, um, I think I'll be getting those mozzarella sticks. Didn't even know they did. They have mozzarella sticks, yeah, and um, they do big, massive share and boxes and nuggets now, don't they? Yeah, I get that. Um, I'd get. Would you freeze them? You don't have to. McDonald's <laughs> <laughs> food actually does never goes off. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> it doesn't rot away or anything. You can just believe no. up a wear box. Yeah. It, and, and this is true. Yeah, there's, there's a yeah. McDonald's burger that's famously 28 years old. Yeah. So there's, that, yeah. there's no mold or anything on it. So you could buy a whole load of shit off the Eurosaver menu and just put it in a tub of wear and just put it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be like your yeah, prep for while it's closed. Why <laughs> 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 not? I mean, forward yeah. thinking, you know what I mean? I'd say, you know, there's a few McDonald's boxes in in freezers all around Ireland tonight, just uh, <laughs> waiting to be broken out when things get really, really low. 
um, like, at our lowest ebb. Yeah, I don't know. I'm partial to McDonald's um, only since like kids have arrived. Only a year. McDonald's for years, like, but all of a sudden, you're kind of there. You know, once every couple of weeks, I suppose, mm. and uh, you're worrying into it yourself because you can't just sit there and eat nothing. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, I've tried to just sit there and have a flat white coffee, but it's absolutely impossible. Um, there's just too much temptation there, whether it's a McFlurry or or uh, <laughs> just get, get stuck in. So uh, look, I don't under, I don't really um, understand the obsession. There's a few things that's happened throughout this whole process. I don't get I don't get the obsession with toilet roll. Bread <laughs> with bread and milk. <laughs> can't live in Ireland anyway, they can't live without bread and milk. With so white bread. supply people are gonna obviously gonna stock up. But uh, the toilet roll I, I don't get and it never occurred to me to queue at McDonald's just because it was closing down. <laughs> we surely as a nation, as a race of people, we can do without McDonald's till it opens again. Mm. The one thing that isn't in demand, I've seen videos of, is Corona beer. Funnily enough, <laughs> yeah. I noticed you were drinking Miller there. It's not bad. Yeah, I'd yeah, say this, the sales of Sol have gone through the roof over the last week or this, two. This is my first night sober. Like, uh, do you not think this is like Christmas? And I mean, I know like it's not like Christmas because there's no Christmas trees and, and presents and yeah. stuff like that, right? But I. Like, I've never drank as much as I normally would over Christmas time. And this, because, mm. like, the, the, I, I, honestly, with lads not being able to go out and stuff like that, that's why everyone is outside. People mm. who haven't been out in 500 years are suddenly wandering around going, this is what the outside looks like. They've just been at the pub for the past 40 years, betting on horses and, and having a chat with their mates. And now they have to talk to their family again. They don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's an insane amount of beer being bought in Tesco. If there's if there's two items I could say are missing off the shelves, a toilet roll and beer. Yeah, yeah. I'll I, I, be honest with you. My my kind of my obsession at the moment is is understanding exactly how many bottles of beers that I've actually got in the house uh, at the moment. I, I've got forty two, and I think I'll get a bit twitchy when it gets sort of below 20. Um, uh, Gav, how many cans would it take to go down to for you to start getting twitchy? Gav's gone. He's gone to get a bottle of milk for the baby. Yeah. <laughs> and, and toilet <laughs> <off. laughs> I would have loved to know that. I'll, ask, I'll definitely ask him that next week because um, I'm sure I'm sure he'll stock up. So, Phil, what would you have gone out and got in Macca's today? Interestingly, I, when I wasn't in McDonald's today, I was there oh. on Friday. Okay. Right? And the panic of the manager in McDonald's when there was more than 10 people standing in the shop, okay. was she was screaming her head off. It was like really? literally the world was ending. And yeah. she's screaming at the staff and everything. And she's like, quick, lock the doors, lock the doors. We can't have more than 10 people in here. Then they brought it on themselves because they basically taped off every part of the restaurant which confined everybody into the it's space around the field. Yeah. Had you just let made people stand around, you wouldn't have this concern, right? I said, yeah. turn off. You know, the, you know the touch pads that you can already yeah. feel? Yeah, yeah, oh God, yeah. They must be a hive of disease. <laughs> she was, they're sneaking in and using the kiosks. I'm like, what? The people yeah. aren't sneaking in. Your door's open and they're on. If you have them on and the door's open, people are going to use them. But a bit like Andy, you know, I started off 
I hadn't had my thongs for years, they'll have kids and you can bring them there. And I thought, I was doing well just drinking Americanos there while they scoffed their faces. And you'd, you'd have an odd nibble of a chip or something that you have there. But now it's turned out like, you know the way you used to get six McNuggets? I now get the 20 McNugget box. Right? <laughs> like, that's the man portion. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a sharing box I'm sharing it with myself right? and you get like four dips so you can have a range of dips in front of you which is oh, fantastic you get all four dips with 20 nuggets yeah oh my god you can have a range of dips and it's like you can sit there and pretend you're sharing them with the kids when in reality you're just scoffing you're like, you're like just going rum, rum, rum. you're not even thinking right it's great and then a uh, Big Mac with bacon Oh, Big Mac with bacon, yeah. 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 That's Do you know what? McDonald's are being extremely clever. Mm. Kids as slow as they are at eating. Mm. Throw in a fucking play area. Mm. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there for an hour. You're not going to sit there for an hour and not eat. Mm. No. No. Now, after you've finished your meal with your bonus, three off the Euro server. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you fries. You fart or you both, and then it's back to another meal, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> meal. I thought you were going to say a, an apple pie or a McFlurry. Nah. No, 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 you've had your Mac, McFlurry. This is a. This is like a, an hour later, and you're still sitting there. But like Andy, do you look at I look at the, the, the you look at how many calories in there? It's no way there's that many. Like look at the size, but there's no way there can be that many calories. No, in and you can only you can only actually uh, um absorb absorb a certain amount of calories per day. So, <laughs> so you're, safe, you're safe enough after five thousand. You can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that for the next three months. Yeah, yeah. So look, if you've you've the damage is already done at 5,000. You can keep going. Kentucky Fried Chicken up in Carrick Mines are delighted because with McDonald's drive-thru closed down, they can go another two days and clean up because lads will be having cold turkey just driving up, looking at the drive-thru McDonald's going, what can we do? What can we do? And then they'll see Kentucky Fried Chicken is open and they'll start lashing in there for the one-person buckets. Yeah. One-person buckets, another supremely talented, hungover food of choice. Just a bucket of food. I even like the way that Kentucky Fried Chicken, they can make you want to feel like a pig. Here's a bucket. It's not even like, here's a meal. It's a bucket. There you go, piggy. Get your snout into that bucket there. Yeah. There you go. It's fantastic. It's, out, it's yeah. outrageous. That's the one thing about McDonald's. You don't really feel guilty after eating a McDonald's. You kind of feel after you belch, you're just back to normal again. If you have, <laughs> if you have a KFC or Burger King, one of those big, massive Whopper double things, you feel like shit for days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about McDonald's. They have a they have a fucking sussed out big time. Don't they? Yeah. It took, it took them a while to figure it out, but yeah. I just don't get the queues. There was a two hour queue and the police had to come along and shut them down early in the day. Yeah, I know. What's I that know. about? Yeah. And actually um on on the secretly McDonald's are still delivering to the elderly. Um <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you're going to cause a, a rash, a mass break-in <laughs> to the elderly house, not to rob, but to rob McDonald's. If you have any elderly people in your family, um, yeah, they have a special number now. <laughs> like a bath phone, is it? Yeah. Every McDonald's has been installed with some kind of bath phone, yeah? Yeah. Great, great, Do you reckon, like, when this is all over, right, and things start to open up again, we'll be like, you remember years ago, 
the first time McDonald's came to Ireland and the very first one opened and people were just like, whoa. Like every, every as things start to open, do you think like they open them in a mass or would be like staged? So each day we get a new adventure. So the first day they open McDonald's and everyone goes back and has some tea. Then like building up gradually to the pubs, the pubs being the last one because they have to open them on a Friday because people are going in on a Friday and they're not coming out until the Monday. Like, do you know no. what I mean? They go from pub to early house to pub. Like that's literally what's going to happen. It's going to be like the, the, the breaking of the waters. How would you line it up, Andy? How would you line up? The, what what would you be your ascendant scale of things to reopen when we get out of the uh, get out of um, things being locked down? Actually, one thing we need to say is Ireland sort of voluntarily is locking down stuff. It's not like we've been ordered to do it. Like well, that's what I, I said that at the very beginning. That was my point. Like Boris has made all these announcements tonight, and it's being branded as a lockdown. Yeah, these have been incremental changes we've made. Um, companies have made sound decisions based on the health and safety of their workers or their customers yeah. or their image, and they've just kind of closed incrementally. But we'll we'll see now. His statement is going to have an impact on other, especially English companies here. I think you'll see closing. But we've effectively kind of wandered away into a lockdown. Whereas, yeah. like, once you announce it all at once, um, like, like, like he has tonight, it sounds a bit more rash. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andy, what, what is your ascendant scale of of what? How would you? What would your lineup be to reopen things? Like, do you mean if you open the pubs, McDonald's, um, uh, retail, all that, all back together, it would just be like people would know what to do. They, they might actually self implode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know, yeah. you know, you know what Stephen's Day is like. If they have like a few sales or something in town, plus the pubs are open, plus because like it was closed for one day. So think about this, right? It's four weeks before anything reopens again, right? What's your ascendant scale? Because you have to, you have to break people in gently. If you did it all in one day, there'll be just mayhem. Yeah, I know. You know the way. Um, did you ever go drinking early? Yeah, and you walk out in. And you're drunk, and it's bright, like yeah. I don't feel. And it's the most, it's the most bizarre sensation ever. Like it, nothing feels real. So yeah. if when you, if what would be deadly is if you went into the pubs when at early in the morning, and nothing was open, like nothing, <laughs> and then you walk back out, like and McDonald's was open again, and <laughs> everywhere's again, and it's just like, like you know, like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good so you're going for open everything in one day but you start off with the pub like let's say 6 o'clock in the morning the, you go into the pub and when you walk out of the pub it's like the red tape everything's back <laughs> the football it's open. yeah it's open season so <laughs> everybody everybody has to um, go to the pub like a porthole Back to, the real, back to the real world. That'd be a good way. And we could celebrate everything. Everything we miss. Mother's Day, that was fucked. Um, Father's Day will be fucked. Yeah. Paddy's Day. Yeah, Paddy's Day, that was that was certainly, that was fucked. Would yeah. you have a parade? I, see, this is where I was thinking about it. I'd start off with the Patrick's Day parade, even though it's sometime in the middle of June. Right? So that's a gradual one. So, so what if you had a parade? You came out with a pub, right? Everything's open. As if yeah. that wasn't good enough, and as a parade, <laughs> all the mas are on the parade <laughs> with with the Easter Bunny 
St. Patrick and whatever else we miss. And the parade ends in Liffey Valley. Outside yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's back with their man. I know when you're finished at McDonald's, you can go into the cinema because that's been closed the longest. Yeah. That could be a way of doing it. That would be an interesting way, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 Right, look, we'll leave everyone with those positive thoughts because it is a bit is is a bit miserable out there at the moment. So look, we will uh we will absolutely aim to be back uh this time next week. Uh and we'll have to assess where we're at and uh how relevant Liverpool chat is and sports chat is then. So thanks, Andy. Thanks, Phil. And even though Gav's gone, thanks to Gav. Um, It's been Ray, your host, and we'll be back with you next week. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.